You're listening to ReachMD XM167, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to conference coverage highlights from the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions 37th Annual Conference held January 21st through 24th in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Lawrence Sherman. With us now is Dr. George Mexicano. He's the outgoing president of what is now known as the Alliance for Continuing Education for Health Professions. Dr. Mexicano is also Associate Dean for Continuing Professional Development at the School of Medicine and Public Health at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. George, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us today. It's great to be here, Lawrence. Thanks for the invitation. Well, you know, it seems to be something we do every year now, isn't it? It, it is, and we greatly appreciate it, and, and I look forward to our conversations. Well, let's start with something that I alluded to before. This organization, this meeting, has a new change. We used to be, proudly, the Alliance for Continuing Medical Education. Now we're proudly and boldly the Alliance for Continuing Education for Health Professions. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Sure. Um, basically, we did an environmental scan a, about a year and a half ago, and we realized that there was a whole host of people that were doing health professions education, but they had no educational home. Um, we also realized more and more that health, good health care in terms of clinical outcomes is, is performed not by one person but by teams of people. So if you think about those twin but very parallel issues, teamsmanship in, in clinical care and the need to help educators of other health professionals and, and do their professional development, and, and it was a very logical, but it was a bold step. So it's not that we've left CME, uh, uh, quite, quite the contrary. We have, ex- we have included CME. We're still doing lots of things in CME, um, but now we're expanded into other health professions. And so it's a more inclusive um, uh, name, and I think it really, it, if you will, charts the course for the future teaching both the individual professions but also the teams. It's almost continuing patient care education, isn't it? In many ways, that's exactly right. You know, it strikes me that, um, and, and I've said this before, and I think you and I have discussed this before, that CME has evolved from uh, a, a course on a topic to a course on a diagnosis to a course on how to manage a patient and there's so many factors that come into play so far beyond that point of diagnosis or the point of prescription or whatever you want to look at. But we have for so long been focused on a snapshot of a moment in time instead of that timeline. Uh, do you think this uh, name change is reflective of the evolution of the education? I think, I think the answer is yes. Um, and I would actually say that, that perhaps... Um, part of that is the taxonomy or the, or the, the nomenclature that we use. And so we, when we talk about continuing medical education, I think we need to really emphasize the continuing part. Uh, and so it really is a lifelong learning uh, for the benefit of patients. And so um, the idea, if you will, the professional development is, is a never-ending process that includes patients and actually even broader, more broadly speaking, the, their families and communities. And so the name change reflects that as well. Well, you know, I think that's really interesting, and and I applaud you for doing it. I think it's consistent now with the ability to get triple accreditation, you know. So I wonder, as we think about the the practicing physicians and other healthcare professionals who make up the listener base, uh, what is it that they should be thinking about when they are selecting education that they'll participate in. Sure. I think it's a, it's a great point because I'm a practicing physician myself. I'm an infectious disease specialist uh, and I still see patients uh, and uh, I understand the complexity of, of clinical care today. 
Um, I want to say, answer your question in a couple of ways. One is, um, what other members of, the, of my healthcare team, the people I work with, is, are, there t are there times when we should actually learn together, both locally as well as nationally or regionally? And so there might be conferences, for example, that my nurse and the, or the, and the pharmacist that I work with more, most closely, whether we can all together go um, and partake of, of some sort of education. And it doesn't have to be face-to-face. -face. It could be online or, or um, some sort of um, enduring activity. Um, and I think uh, ReachMD is a perfect example of that because you have listeners that are just are not just physicians, but also nurses, pharmacists, physician assistants, et cetera. So it really is a win-win. So one angle or one perspective is who else uh, of all the people I work with could partake of that same education. The second, I think, is, is really, um, if you will, the uh, education that delineates um, or... Um, goes into, if you will, the roles that people play. And you mentioned earlier diagnostics, therapeutics, and, and things like that. And I'll use diabetes as the example. So it's not just the diagnosis um, and the management of diabetes patients, but also the diabetic educator. Um, there's the nurses that help, for example, teach patients um, about their medicines and about how to take insulin, the nutritionist, all those kinds of things. That's a really good example of it really takes a team. And I could go on and on, but the, the, but the point is that... Um, how, uh, who else can benefit, and how do we work in teams? I think that's fantastic. You know, one of the things I think about and, and I love is multidisciplinary, interprofessional education. And I think about the context in which we can do that. And we have closed systems, we have semi-closed systems, we have open systems. I think about educating the operating room team together. They're a cohesive team. I think about educating emergency room docs, interventional cardiologists, hospitalists, and clinical cardiologists when you think about acute coronary syndromes. And then I think about larger primary care audiences when I, you know, you think about a national-level conference. We have so many opportunities to embrace these things. Where do we go from there? I think that's exactly right. And um, I think, believe it or not, the next place to go um, to be inclusive actually is, in, is public health. And I'll give you an example of, of uh, um, with, the exa with what you just said, an example of what I mean. And that's emergency medical services. So where, where are the paramedics and the EMS workers who are first responders? And what do they need to learn as they bring people into the ED? What, do the e, what does the ED have to do functioning as a group team system to get that, per, that person either ready for the OR or the unit or the ward, et cetera? It really has many, many aspects. And then finally, the transitions of care upon uh, a discharge from the hospital. So where's the nursing home aspect of this? Uh, long-term care facilities. Um, it really is, um, to use, I guess, a, um, a uh, sort of a euphemism, uh, it takes a village. It, it does. A virtual village sometimes, but a village, right? George, is there anything else you'd like to say either about the name change or about what you think the future of continuing education for the health professions uh, has to do with the, you know, and its impact on the practicing healthcare professionals? Well, I think that what's happening is that um, medicine today, uh, as it's delivered, is incredibly complex. And um, um, I understand that, that busy clinicians uh, don't have time. Um, they might not be able to go to a conference. They might not be able to read as much as they'd like to do. And so I think we have to be flexible. And so I really applaud um, what ReachMD is doing because um, we need to think about just-in-time learning and just-in-case learning and delivered in snippets that are digestible. So these short little pieces, I think, is we're going to see more and more of that going forward. And point of care. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Point of care, we're delivering care at the at, uh, where the patients are and where the clinicians are practicing. That's, that's going to be a huge part of the future. Teach where the questions come up, when they come up, so the patients have better outcomes. Absolutely. 100% agree. George, it's always fun to talk to you. It is as well. And um, hello to all the listeners out there, and, and thanks a lot. I'm your host, Lawrence Sherman. This has been conference coverage highlights from the 37th Annual Conference of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions.